homecoming. And there's a joyful morning coming. That new home, Jesus has said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there's many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And, and what a hope that we have. That's, you know, that's really why we're here today, isn't it? We're here today because we have a wonderful Savior to serve. A Savior who has saved our lives and changed our lives and given us hope for the future. And, and that's why we want to be here today, to, to worship that one. And so uh, we're glad that you're with us today. And with that, we'll let our nurseries go. And, and let me say we're thankful for those that are also watching on uh, Facebook Live. I know that uh, the weather is cold, and, and, but we're thankful that uh, we have a warm building and a clear parking lot and, and folks that want to come together with us to worship. And we're just thankful for that. Yesterday, after we were shoveling off the... Uh, the parking lot, uh, Daryl and I come in to check the water and check the heat in here, and, and Daryl said, boy, it's warm in here. And then we went and checked it, and it was 51. And so it felt really warm. 51 felt really warm after being outside. And I said, well, that just goes to show you how cold it was outside if you felt like 51 was warm. Um, but anyway, we're thankful for a warm building and um, you know, the opportunity to worship the Lord. And with that, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 1. And I'm going to talk to you about, the title today is, is Hidden in Plain Sight. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you guys remember these? Have you ever seen these, these, these uh, highlight puzzles? They're, they're uh, hidden objects in the picture. Um, this was the only thing that I enjoyed about Dr. Herbert's office. Dr. Herbert was my pediatrician, and I knew that if I was going to see Dr. Herbert, then I was sick. Because we didn't go to the doctor, you know. I mean, so what I knew was going to happen is I was going to get the call and that lady in that white dress with that little white hat was going to come and, and she was going to set me on that wooden stool and she was going to spin me around and she was going to pull that syringe out and she was going to, I was going to get a shot. If I went to Dr. Herbert's office, I knew I was getting a shot. And the only thing that made me think about enjoying Dr. Herbert's office was these highlight puzzles. The thing about these highlight puzzles is there are things hidden in this picture. They're hidden in plain sight. They're there, but it's a challenge for you to find them sometimes. And, you know, maybe you're too young to remember these highlight puzzles, but maybe you remember Where's Waldo? You know, there'd be the picture and there'd be the puzzle and Waldo's in there somewhere. You just have to find him. He's there. It's plain. He's hidden in plain sight. And you say, well, Brother Mark, what's that have to do with uh, Ephesians 1.3? Well, hopefully you'll find out. But one of the things I love about the Word of God is that it is always fresh. There's, there's always places in the Word of God where we can grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And sometimes the things in the Word of God, they're, they're plain and obvious. And other times, there are things that are hidden in plain sight. And one such thing is the name which Paul had for the followers of Jesus. And I know you've read it many times. As a matter of fact, it's referenced about 77 times in the New Testament. The name that Paul used for those that are followers of Jesus. It's there. He used it often, but we never recognized it. Paul did not refer to, the, to them as Christians. He referred to them as those who are in Christ. Now this is a place, this is something that I've been uh, reading and studying and something that is fresh for me. It's new. I, I gained new insight into this to thinking about that name and, and we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about all of those spiritual blessings in a moment. But Paul telling the Ephesians, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So the first thing I want to do today is I want to talk to you about what does it mean to be in Christ? What is that? What is it to be in Christ? And the first thing is that to be in Christ means to be out of yourself. When you're in Christ, you understand that your works could never secure God's favor. It is trusting the finished work of Christ. Your works cannot, cannot help you obtain eternal life. They can't help you obtain justification. They can't add anything to your justification. You are justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you do. You cannot add to your justification because you are in Christ. It's not your works, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, the Scripture tell us. So our, our works don't do anything to secure salvation, and they don't do anything to sustain our salvation. Your, your works add nothing to your justification. You are a child of God today because you are in Christ, because you have trusted Christ, because you have depended upon Christ, and you're not depending on yourself. When you're in Christ, you recognize your own unworthiness because of your sin. You, you don't deserve any blessings. Actually, you deserve hell, right? And so what you do is you side with God that you are a sinner worthy of judgment and you need something outside of yourself to gain eternal life, and you trust in Christ. So first of all, to be in Christ means that you are out of yourself. Second of all, to be, in, to be in Christ means that in faith, you receive the death of Jesus Christ on your behalf. Since you can't gain the favor of God, nor be restored to friendship on your own, how are you going to be restored to a right relationship with God? Your sins have separated between you and God. And how are you going to be restored to a right relationship with Him? You can't on your own. So what do you do? You look to Christ. You look to Christ to restore the friendship between you and God. Remember, you're at enmity. There's enmity between you and God before you're born again. And so you look to Christ to restore that relationship so that now Jesus says, I call you my friends. You see, the restoration 
of that relationship, that broken relationship between God and man, can only happen when the sin which separates between you and God is removed. How is that sin removed? That sin is removed because it is placed upon Christ. So what you do, you receive the death of Christ on your behalf. In faith, you trust Christ. You trust the death of Christ, that he died instead of you dying. Thirdly, to be in Christ means that you recognize that your sin debt then was paid by Christ. I love that song that says uh, that I owed a debt I couldn't pay. He paid a debt he didn't owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. He gave me something worth living for. And that's so true. That's what we understand. When we're in Christ, we're recognizing, I've got a debt that I cannot pay. My sin debt is more than I can ever pay. My debt owed to God is great, and I cannot pay it. I could, like Luther did, or Calvin, I can't remember which one, that you know they tried crawling up the stairs on their hands and knees, and they tried praying on their needs all these hours to try to get their sins removed. And they came to the place that they realized that nothing they could do could remove the burden of the guilt of their sin. And anyone that's in Christ understands that you have a great debt for your sin that you cannot pay. And so you look to Christ and you receive His death on the cross to pay for your sins and you recognize that that debt has been paid. You trust Christ to pay your sin debt. Fourthly, to be in Christ means that you understand that your righteousness is established by Christ. You see, this is a great exchange. Your sin is placed on Christ. Your debt that you owed, He paid. And in return, your, His righteousness is given to you. And you stand in God righteous. God sees you as righteous because the righteousness of Christ is placed to your account. That's what justified means, by the way. It means that God sees you as righteous. Do you recognize that today? Because you are in Christ, God sees you as righteous. Your righteousness is the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of Christ exchanged for my sin. We find that in a couple of places. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Then we find in 2 Corinthians 5.17, my old nature for his perfect one, where it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You notice that in Christ? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So what do we see? When we are in Christ, that means that our sins are placed on Him and His righteousness is placed to our account and God sees us as righteous. You see, to be in Christ means that God no longer sees our imperfections. He sees the righteousness of His own Son. Do you recognize that today? Do you recognize that when God looks at you, He no longer sees your imperfections? 
He sees the righteousness of His Son, Jesus Christ. What a glorious thing it is to be in Christ today. To be in Christ means that we receive forgiveness from God. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So you receive forgiveness. And to be in Christ means that we recognize that all things work together for good. And we read that in what? Romans chapter number 8. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now, we could look into that, and, and there's several things as you read uh, Romans 8, 28, and, and on down through. It tells us some other things. It says, uh, to them who are the called according to His purpose. So, so, to be in Christ means that we know that we've been called according to the purpose of God. Verse 29 says, For whom He did for no, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. So, so we know <clears throat> to be in Christ means that God knew us before the world began. And foreknowledge there does not just mean knowledge. It means for love. That's what the word know means. It means love. So God loved us before the world began. <clears throat> he predestinated us to be conformed to the image of His Son. So, so if you are in Christ, God has already predetermined that you will be conformed to the image of Christ. That will not be perfectly completed until you receive your glorified body, but God is working in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And you know, uh, <clears throat> because you are in Christ, you know that God has predetermined that you are going to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And we know that it says that we might be called the firstborn, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Whom, moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. He called, and whom He justified, whom He called, them He also justified. So, so we know that, that He called us to Jesus. To be in Christ, we know that we're in Christ because God called us to Jesus. And then we know, <clears throat> then He called, he, he justified. So we know that we're declared just by God. That God now sees us as righteous because we're in Christ. And then I want you to notice the last thing. This is Romans 8.30. And those whom He justified, then He also glorified. Notice the past tense there. It's already accomplished. Now we know it's not been a perfectly accomplished in us yet. That glorification is something that awaits us when we get to on that joyful morning when that my new home I see, I'm going to be glorified. I'm going to receive my glorified body. But because I'm in Christ, I know that's a finished work. I know that it's complete. And it's all because we're in Christ. Now there's one other thing that we want to think about that's not listed there, but in between uh, justification and sanctification, or in between justification and glorification, there's a thing called sanctification. 
Sanctification is where we are being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's what sanctification is. We're, not, we're no longer, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So don't be conformed to the world. You're going to be conformed to Jesus Christ in the process of your old nature being conformed to the nature of Jesus Christ is the process of sanctification. But because you are in Jesus Christ, that process is going to happen. And it's going to be successful and it's a progressive work. It's done little by little. I, I think that's a, a song the kids sing sometimes. Little by little, day by day. It's changing me in many ways. Ephesians 4.22 says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That sanctification is taking place in your life. And, and we all see it taking place in our life. Because we are in Christ, we know that we're being made more like Him. Colossians 3, 9 says, Lie not one to, one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of Him, that created him. And so you see that sanctification, that progressive work of sanctification in your life. And so that's what it means to be in Christ. But we begin with Ephesians 1.3 where it says, According as He has blessed us in heavenly places, and with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in, in Christ Jesus. So, so what are those spiritual blessings? Because you are in Christ, what are the spiritual blessings? And I, I'm going to do something that I rarely do. I'm going to look at these references to being in Christ. And we're going to see how Paul uses that, that phrase, to describe some of the blessings that we receive by being in Christ. We're going to start, first of all, with Romans chapter number 3 and verse 24. And we've got several references, and so I'm going to take my time. And, but I want you to see, because you are in Christ, there are spiritual blessings that are yours. Romans 3.24 says, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, so you are redeemed today because you are in Christ. That means you've been bought back. That means you've been bought back from Satan. You stand in Jesus complete because you have been redeemed. That's why we can sing the song, Redeemed how I love to proclaim it, Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. I'm redeemed because I'm in Christ. So, so I am redeemed because I'm in Christ. Next, Romans 8.1. And I'll try to take it a little slow. Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Because you are in Christ, no condemnation. God does not look at you with condemnation. It's, it's like the woman taken in adultery. 
when they wanted Jesus to stone her because she had been taken in adultery. And Jesus, let him that be without sin cast the first stone. And they all went away. And then Jesus looked at the woman and said, Woman, where are thine accusers? She said, There's no man, Lord. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And so there's no condemnation for us because we're in Christ Jesus. And I want you to understand, these promises are only to those who are in Christ. You cannot be redeemed apart from Christ. Condemnation cannot be removed from your life without Christ. You have to be in Christ to receive this promise of no condemnation. But if you are in Christ, remember, God does not look at you with condemning eyes. The world may look at you with condemning eyes, but God does not look at you with condemning eyes. If you want to turn over, well, the next verse, Romans 8.2 says, For the law of a spirit of life, and Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So, the spirit of life is in Christ. You only have life in Christ. Of course, you've been made free from the law of, 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 of sin and death, but, but you have life in Christ. Down in verse number 39 of Romans chapter number 8. where it says, Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it's in Christ that we understand the love of God. You know, you read that most famous uh, text of Scripture, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that is true. Those of us who are in Christ understand the love that God has for us because of Jesus Christ. And He loved us so much that He sent His Son, His Son like no other, His only begotten Son, to pay our sin debt, to die on the cross for our sins. God loved us so much that He held nothing back. He sent the best that He had. He sent His Son to be condemned for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God displayed His love for us in Christ Jesus. Turn a couple of pages to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. And again, I normally don't do this. They say... As a preacher, don't turn to any more than two references because you'll lose people, but we're doing it today. 1 Corinthians 1-2 says, Under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Notice, you are sanctified in Christ Jesus you're set apart, you're made holy in Christ Jesus. Now, you, you may not see yourself as that, but that's how, God, that's how God sees you. God sees you as a saint. You are sanctified and called to be a saint. You're called to be holy. You're called to be different than the world. 
You are different than the world. Because you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're, you're different than the world is because you're in Christ. The world's still doing the works of their father, the devil. The world's still following the works of the flesh and the pride of life. But you, you're different. You're in Christ. You've been sanctified. You're called to be a saint, called by God. And you know, this just popped in my head, but you know, we used to play football in my yard when I was a boy, you know, all the high school boys came to play football in my yard. And when I was a boy in 1977, I would have been 12 years old and Greenham County won a state football championship. Steve Adkins, the quarterback of that, that football team, played football in my yard. Jimmy Dunaway, all-state running back on that football team, Played football in my yard. The whole team. Sundays. Played football in my yard. And here I am. You know, they're 18 and I'm 12. But I got to play. And man, when Steve Adkins would... I'm taking Mark. No, I, I didn't want to play for Frank Harden. I wanted to play for Steve Adkins. Well, I'd take Frank, but if either one of them chose me, I mean, I was like, hey, they chose me to be on their team. It was something to be chosen to be on their team. Now, I want you to think about this. The God who spoke this world into existence. The God who owns all of this world. says, I want you to be on my team. You're one of mine. In Christ Jesus, I'm on His team, called to be a saint, called to be set apart. There's something different about you. I live like it. Sanctified in Christ. Jump down to verse number 30 where it says, But of Him are you in Christ, who has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And, and that's a whole message in and of itself, and I'm not going to dig into all that. But no, because you are in Christ, recognize that you have wisdom, you have righteousness, you have sanctification, and you have redemption. All of those blessings are yours because you are in Christ. What's the next? Chapter number 4 and verse number 10. And, and again, recognize these things are coming because you are in Christ. Chapter number 4 and verse number 10 says this. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honorable, but we are despised. And, and, and Paul is, is using this. And I'm not going to get into the context of what he's saying here, but, but I want us to understand that in Christ there is wisdom. In Christ there is wisdom. Go over to chapter number 15 and verse number 22. Chapter number 15 and verse number 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. You have the hope of eternal life. Because you are in Christ Jesus. Verse 31 says, 
I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. And so Paul rejoices because he's in Christ. Chapter, 2 Corinthians 1, 21 says this. It says, Now he which establishes us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God. Establisheth. You're established in Christ. What does it mean to be established? It means to be safe. It means to be secure. It means no longer tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, but you are secure in Christ. You're established in Christ. This is that spiritual blessing. You're, you don't have to be wishy-washy about what's going on in this world. You don't have to be troubled about what's going on in this world. You don't, you don't have to worry about even what's my purpose in life. You know your purpose in life is to bring glory to God. And because you're in Christ Jesus, you're going to be able to accomplish that. And so you are established. You're steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's who you are. You're established because you are in Christ. Chapter number 2 and verse number 14 says this, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Victory in Christ. You're not going to be overcome by the things of this world because Jesus Christ has already overcome them for you. You look at the troubles and trials of this life and you recognize, I'm able to triumph over them. You, you think about the, the hopelessness that people in this world have and, and you can triumph over hopelessness because you are in Christ. You think about the temptations that Satan throws in our way. But we triumph through those temptations because we're in Christ. And we could go on and talk about so many things. But you have triumph in Christ. I've already read 2 Corinthians 5, 17. But it says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Recognize this. Because you're in Christ, you're not who you used to be. And I know the world sometimes likes to try and uh, call you out, maybe for what you used to be, or, or the world might try to call you out for some of your imperfections. And they might say, well, look, if, if you're a Christian, then... Listen, you are a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are to become new. Don't worry about man's opinions. Just think about what God says. And God says, because you are in Christ, you're a new creature. Those old sins, they don't have to have dominion over you anymore. Those old temptations, they don't have the victory in your life anymore. All of the difficulty, the sins, and the things of this world, they no longer have their clutches in you because you're in Christ Jesus. You are a new creature. Galatians 2.4 And again, I'm just, actually, I'm not giving you all of the references. I'm skipping over some of them. But Galatians 
says this, and that because of false brethren unawares brought in who came in privily to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus that they might bring us into bondage. And again, this is a whole series of thoughts that we could think about. It's talking about whether you have the ability to eat meat sacrificed to idols and, and all of those things. There's, there's many things that we could talk about here, but, but we have liberty in Christ. We're no longer bound to those rules and regulations that we have the liberty to serve Christ because we love Him. There's not a list of do's and don'ts. You know, to be a Christian, you've got to do this. And to be a Christian, you don't do that. There's not a list that you have to fulfill. Here's your list. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And when you love Jesus because He rescued you from sin, you won't have to worry about the temptations of the flesh. Because you'll know that, listen, I don't want to look up a woman to lust after her because Christ died for my sin. I, 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 don't, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to bear false witness against my neighbor because you know, Christ died for that sin and I don't want to disappoint him. And I, and I don't want to lie to my neighbor because Christ died for that sin and I don't want to sin. You see, you're, you're not bound by the law. You have liberty in Christ, but to... The liberty is, is that you love Christ so much, you don't want to do anything to hurt Him. You don't want to do anything to offend Him. And so you keep yourself unspotted from the world simply because you love Christ and you're going to follow after Him with all your heart because you love Him. That's what liberty in Christ means. Galatians 3, 17. And again, this is one of those things that we could dig into. And in this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ. The law which was 430 years after cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. The covenant that God made, and, and so we could, we could even go back to the eternal covenant that God made with Christ before the world began. And Jesus said it like this, All that the Father give to me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. That's the covenant that God the Father made with God the Son. And we know that that covenant is secured for us because we are in Christ. Galatians 3.26 tells us, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ. You're the Son of God. To them gave He power to be the sons of God, even to those that believe upon His name. You've been adopted into God's family. Ephesians 1.12 says this, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. You trust in Christ Here's what's going to happen to you in your life. You're going to live your life to be to the praise of His glory. That's what happens to those who are in Christ. They live their life to the praise of His glory. It's not whether you will or not. It's what you do because you're in Christ. 
Ephesians 2, 6 says, And hath raised us up together and made us set in heavenly, set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're going to set with Christ in heavenly places. And I explained that a little bit last week in our message about what that means. And, and to think about the heavenly places that Christ has. Ephesians 2, 6 says, For we are His workmanship Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And so because you're in Christ Jesus, you're going to do good works. God hath before ordained that if you're in Christ, you're going to do good works. And so that's, that's why you ought to do them. Because Christ has already ordained that you'll do good works. And that's what those who are in Christ do. Those who are in Christ do good works. And I read this one this week and it thrilled my heart. We're made nigh. Ephesians 2.13 But now in Christ Jesus you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Do you remember what it was like when you were afar off? Do you remember I mean, you know you didn't want to read the Bible because the Bible talked about sin and you didn't want to do with that Jesus stuff. I can remember right before the Lord saved me, I, they was at work and they were playing Christian music and I was like, get that garbage off. I don't want to listen to that old Christian music. You know why I didn't want to listen to that old Christian music? Because it condemned me. You know why I didn't want to go to church? Because if I went to church, I was going to recognize that I was a sinner and I needed to be saved and I was lost. Right? I was separated from God. I didn't feel comfortable coming into the presence of God. I didn't feel comfortable reading. I couldn't pray. I didn't want to listen to the things of God. I wanted to run as far away from them as I could. But now, I love the Word of God. Now I love to sing gospel songs. Now I love to come to church because I feel His presence. You see, I'm not separated from God. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not, uh, how's it say it? I'm not afar off any longer. I'm made nigh, I'm brought in, I'm, I'm friends, I'm family, I'm, I'm, I'm close with Jesus. And it's only because I'm in Christ. And the more you recognize that you're in Christ, the more that you will long to be with Him. You know, my mom tried to get me to stay all night with her when I was driving to South Shore all the time. And she'd thought, you got to work tomorrow, just stay here. Why do you want to drive two hours and just sleep a few hours and then come back? And this was me. I'm not talking about anybody else, I'm just me. And I told mom, I said, mom, I love you and I'm thankful for your house. But there's something in Sayersville that you're not. She goes, what's that? And I said, Kimberly, you're not my wife. She's my wife, and I want to be where she is. I want to be in the presence of my wife because I love her, right? Well, that's the same way with us. We want to be in the presence of Christ because we love him, and we're made not able to enjoy that, that uh, presence. Okay, a few more things here. Ephesians 3, 6 tells us... Um, 
we receive the promises in Christ, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel. So we receive the promises of God in Christ. Philippians chapter number 2 and verse 1. says, if there, be, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies, and go on. So, consolation and comfort and love are found in Christ. I'm not going to look at these other references because of time, but here's some other things. Rejoice in Christ. Called of God in Christ steadfast in faith in Christ, promised to rise from the dead in Christ, able to give thanks to God because we are in Christ, grace abundant with faith and love in Christ, promise of life in Christ, given purpose and grace before the world began in Christ, faith and love which is in Christ, grace that is in Christ, salvation in Christ, Live godly unto persecution in Christ. Wise unto salvation through faith in Christ. All sorts of good things in Christ. Boldness in Christ. Good conversation in Christ. And lastly, 1 Peter 5, 14. Says this. Greet you one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Peace in this life is in Christ. We have the peace that passes all understanding, a peace that the world does not understand. That's all because we are in Christ. So there it is. Again, I think I looked it up, and, and you might want to do that if you have a computer program. You might want to search the exact phrase in Christ and see my Bible program gave me 77 references. And I didn't look at any, all of those today. But think about that. Paul had this name for those who were followers of Jesus, and he called them by the name in Christ. So there, hidden in plain sight for us, was the name that Paul had for those who are followers of Jesus. And what a wonderful truth it is, hidden in plain sight. When we repent of our sin and put our faith in Christ, we are now in Christ. It's a glorious truth. A truth that should sustain us as we walk this life. We're in Christ. We can add nothing to our justification. We're in Christ. It is... In Christ our hope is found. So if you are in Christ today, your confidence is in Him. Now the question is, are you in Christ? If not, I ask you to turn to Him today. Find forgiveness of sin and hope for eternal life in Christ. He's your only hope. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. And we thank you for that hope that we have in Christ. I pray, God, that your people will be encouraged to know that they're in Christ. And if there's one here today that can't say they're in Christ, I pray that your Holy Spirit will reveal that to them and will cause them to desire to be in Christ. We thank you for the hope we have in Him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Let's all stand and we're going to sing just one verse of Just As I Am. If the Holy Spirit spoke into your heart today. For those spirit.